1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
2: Dry saddle in front. McDavid
3: scores! The hat trick
4: goal! Connor McDavid meanin' business tonight seventh regular season hat trick his eighth in the nhl total if you include the postseason and the oilers even their record at one and one with a 5-2 victory over the vancouver canucks three goals and an assist for mcdavid leon dreisaitl with four assists nugent hopkins with two goals and an assist kyler yamamoto involved again he gets a couple of helpers the shots tonight 46 40 for the oilers Miko koskinen starting for the second straight night, gets the win, very good, 38 saves. Mike Smith did not dress for this game. We'll see if we get any more uh, information on him when Dave Tippett speaks post-game. Shots on goal, leaders tonight. McDavid had nine, Nugent Hopkins had eight, and Jesse Puljujarvi had seven. <laughs> Those three guys combining for 24 of the Oilers' 46 shots. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Loge level at Rogers Place. So the Oilers bounced back, did what they needed to do tonight. And really, you saw it from the opening face-off today.
5: You did. The Oilers' top players came to play, and it starts with Connor McDavid. His first two shifts were as good as any shift that he. That you've seen him play. He dominated. He got pucks in deep. He created chances. He stole the puck. He hunted it down. Uh, he fatigued the defensemen of the Vancouver Canucks. They, they just couldn't keep up. And it was one of those nights where you could pick a number out of a hat and say, okay, how many points is Connor going to have tonight? Four, five, six, eight. He had the number of opportunities, just the puck wasn't always going in for his line mates. But I think Connor, after last night's game, was a little upset. I don't think he liked the way that the team played. I'm not sure. I think he was okay, but he wasn't as great as he usually is. And tonight he came out and said, all right, this is my barn, and I'm going to show you what I'm capable of doing. And he was head and shoulders above everyone else on the ice tonight and led by example and and was rewarded with a good night for him personally and obviously a big win for the Edmonton Oilers.
4: The Oilers' power play and this formula is very similar to what we saw last season. Well, it's not very similar. It is exactly similar to what we saw last season. The power play goes two for four, and they're a perfect five for five on the penalty kill.
5: Well, specialty teams wins hockey games, and the Edmonton Oilers... uh, Despite the, the the talk that they want to be a better five-on-five club, they're still a team that's built for specialty teams. Their goaltender came up with big saves. Their penalty killing was very good, winning big face-offs when they needed. Uh, there was a stretch there in the, I think it was a second period, or, where they had a number of shot blocks. And, and there was a desperation in their penalty kill. That's how you have, if you're going to be... Uh, a, a good penalty-killing team, you have to have urgency and desperation in your kill. And tonight the Oilers had that. Uh, a number of big blocks from Kyle Turris to Jones to Cuckoo, all getting down, making sure that the puck didn't get through, clogging up lanes, getting pucks out when they had the opportunity. And then we the one thing that we talked about before the game, that the Canucks could not afford to take penalties against the Oilers tonight. They are a proud bunch. Uh, they were not happy with the results that their power play had last night and they came out determined um if it wasn't for for demko at times uh, the Oilers could have scored uh, you know a bushel full of power play goals they had that many opportunities they scored a couple and they moved the puck around with with intent tonight they knew where they wanted the puck to go and they made sure it got through a number of great chances and they just had a little more bounce in their step tonight in the PP, and, and you're going to see it get better and better as Barry starts to find his, his place with this group. But the Vancouver Canucks uh, learned a lesson, and they, they took a couple silly penalties, a couple phantom calls by the referees, but if they're going to get that phantom power play, make sure they, 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 they make the, the other team pay the price, and the others did that today.
4: Tyson Berry picked up an assist tonight, so that's his first point as an Edmonton Oiler. The Oilers only 46% in the faceoff circle. Leon Drysettle though was 15 and six for 71%, so, and Turris was nine for 18 for 50%. So the other guys who took face-off. so I won't go through all of them, but obviously <laughs> we're, we're quite poor <laughs> this evening, though uh, it, it didn't really well. But uh, Drysaddle won the biggest face-off of the game with two and a half seconds left in the first period. He
5: did. It would have been disappointing for the Oilers to come out of the first period up one nothing, because they had so many glorious scoring chances. And with two seconds to go in the period, they get a face-off. Dave Tippett puts his best players out, gets his one-timer guy out in Yamamoto. And my favorite part was Leon Dry settled. He's looking at the setup, and he, and he sees where Yamamoto is. He said, no, no, move over about five inches. And he does Puts the puck right on his stick. And Connor McDavid... Wins a battle, wins a race to the net, puts a rebound in. Now, everything had to go right, but it did. And it was set up by Leon Dreisettel. I I think both he and Connor want to make statements uh, this season. And I think both of them have started off the way they want to. Is now, what's that, five points and four points? The two of them have. And again, Leon, another plus, I believe, plus three again tonight in this game. So the stars came to play for the Oilers today. Here's Nugent Hopkins live.
4: Obviously you've seen Connor have pretty
2: special nights, but you know, you guys could have been up maybe four or five nothing even to the first Defco was great, but your line just right from the get go and he kinda led the way. Just, I don't know if you said anything to, to get you guys going or is he more of a leader of action? Uh
6: well I, I mean I think uh, all four lines all 60 right from the start I mean we had the right mindset uh, we knew we needed to clean some things up after last night <clears throat> and coming in a back-to-back it's it's actually a good chance to to get things going right away uh, you don't have too much time to think and dwell on things um, so I mean I think we responded really well uh, I think our line held on the pucks uh, a lot better tonight and uh, and we got some more chances put some put some more pucks on net too. So I started to create a little bit uh, more offensively that way. But, uh, yeah, no, Demko, just like Koski, I mean, they they both stood tall in there and they both faced a lot of shots. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we found a way to crack them uh, early. And then that first uh, or that second goal right at the end of the first was huge for us too.
2: It seems strange to say because it's only the second game, but because of the season, every game's interdivision and you're playing the same team back-to-back. Did you have a little bit more angst? To get a win than you normally would in Game Two of a regular
6: season. Yeah, I think um, we understand the way that this season's going to go. I mean, like you said, it's uh, we, we play most of the time. We play mini series against teams, so I mean, these these little series are huge. Every every night's a four point game and. Um, I mean, you don't even get, want to give them any points, uh, let alone just getting yourself to, it's, uh, it's important to beat them in regular, uh, regulation too. So I think we had a little bit more desperation than maybe, uh, we would have in a normal uh, situation. So I thought, uh, I thought that was the mindset going in and I thought uh, we executed that well.
2: Give me your thoughts now. It's been two games on just how much of a difference you've seen in, in the SU SEPO RV. He just looks more mature. He looks more like an NHL player. You know starting to use his size what's impressed you the two games for him
6: um, yeah I think um, I think one of the things is he's, he's simplifying a, l- uh, a little bit um, he's such a big kid he's such a he's such a good skater I mean uh, he, he can beat guys he can eat chip pucks to himself chick uh, chip pucks the other guys um, and just go chase it down and go get it. Um, I know opportunities are going to come for him uh, if he keeps using his size, keeps using his speed, and uh, yeah, I know. I know that we, uh, everybody likes what we see so far.
2: And uh, lastly, for me, it, you get right back at it on Saturday. Three games in four nights is kind of rare to start the regular season, but with, without traveling, moving around, is it easy? Like, are you expecting a day off tomorrow? Do you skate? What, what's your What's your routine, and have you looked at maybe how you'll manage physically different this year with so many games in a short period of time? Yeah,
6: it's going to be, this is the way it's going to be all season, so we got to get used to it. Um, I think the coaches will give us a chance to have an optional um, one of the two days coming up. Um, so it's it's really about you got to take care of yourself, uh, do the right things, uh, obviously try to rest as much as possible, but I think it's fortunate that we get to start at home this way. Um, Obviously, I think traveling early on like this uh, it, it can wear you down a little bit. So, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna face that, but I think it's nice for us to be at home right now and uh, uh, and get the th- get things rolling um, in Edmonton. Any more hands, media?
3: Thank you. This brings us to the conclusion of Ryan Nugent-Hopkins.
4: That's the Nuge, who gets two goals tonight, adds an assist. Oilers win five two over the Canucks. Connor McDavid with the hat trick tonight. So the big three came through. Maybe they're gonna be a big four. I was yeah, just Yamo thinking the had Yamel had yeah. two assists and he's he's getting involved. The the depth has been an ongoing discussion for the Oilers. The third line on paper is the best one they've had in a long time. They've yet to score turris Plearvey and Archibald.
5: What are you seeing though? Well I, I thought last night average at best probably the three of them weren't satisfied with the game that they had. I thought tonight they were all three of them were more engaged. I thought Archibald was a little more physical. Uh, Tourist is out penalty killing, taking big draws and uh, went down two or three times for block shots. I mean, this is a guy that was a first line player for a number of years in Ottawa. And was a key part to a big trade when he went from Ottawa to Nashville. And here's a guy who's now a third line guy that's got to put his body on the line and do all the little things. And I thought you saw that more tonight. And Pulley um, I just I, just talking with Bob after the game. I like the fact that he's got a simplified game, and I think that's how he's going to be successful by simplifying and playing with his line mates that keep keep it simple for him.
3: Live post game, head coach Dave Tippett. First question, Jason Greger, TSN 1260.
2: Vancouver didn't have nearly as many wide open looks like last night, so a step in the right direction as far as defensive. Even though
1: there was a lot of shots on goal, uh, a lot of shots, yeah, a lot of a lot of attempts on their power play. I think they had six power plays or something like that. So it's uh, a lot of attempts there. But they they throw a lot of pucks at the net from everywhere, so you're gonna you're gonna get a bunch of shots. But we didn't give them the outnumber breaks that we did last night, and we. Clogged, uh, clogged the middle a lot better, so it was uh, a better uh, thought process through our game and a much better commitment to battle and for loose pucks and take care of the pucks so you're not turning it over. So, all in all, a much better uh, much better result for us.
2: And, uh, you know, your four offensive guys, led by McDavid, Drysdale, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto, you know, obviously carried you offensively tonight. You've seen a lot of McDavid's games. Um, he, he came into this season looking great. And last night, I thought he had a lot of chances, just didn't score, but uh, yeah. tonight was obviously on a different level.
1: Yeah, you, you get those games where he just kind of takes over and, uh, um, you know, he just, like you say, it was funny last night when I watched the game after after last night, it's, he did, he had more chances than I thought he had last night. So you hope if he gets the same amount of chances tonight, he can capitalize on those, and he usually does. So uh, power play was dangerous last night. It was dangerous tonight, and we found a way to score. So um, you're right, our offensive guys pitched in, but I, I, thought, uh, I thought we had some more guys. We had a lot of chances around there. I thought Jesse was good. Um, you know, we had some chances that we could have pushed the game ahead a little more, but I liked the way we competed, and I liked the way we took care of the puck better and didn't give as many uh, grade eight chances away. Next question, Mark Spector, Sportsnet.
7: What do you like about Polyarbee's game considering, you know, you've heard so much about this guy and you've never really coached him, right? No. Uh, now that you've had him for a couple days in a row, what do you, what do you like about him?
1: You know he's a big, strong kid. He uh, he protects the puck well, shoots the puck well, and you got to remember. I mean, this is he was over here for a bit, but he's come back. This is the first two North American games he's played in a long time. So um, he's still finding his finding his way out there, but he's just like he's relentless. He works. He's heavy on the puck. He wants the puck all the time. So um, I I think he's going to keep trending in the right direction. It's just a matter of time before it goes in the net for him, but. He's, he's having fun out there. He's, uh, he's committed to playing really hard, trying to do the things that uh, we want to do structurally. So he's, uh, uh, you know, there's lots and lots of upside there. You know, it'd be nice to see one of those go in the net for him, but it's good that he's getting chances. Hopefully it comes soon.
7: There's been games in the past when the Oilers are leading 4-2 after 40, and they just come out of the gates in the third trying to make it 6-2-8-2. To, uh, not tonight. You guys look like you're far more interested in the two than the four. Uh, is that
1: by design? That was talked about. That's for sure. You got to play a certain way, and there were still a couple instances in the third where I'd like to uh, will will be discussed when we turn pucks over. or We had our D in there too tight, and uh, when you're up by two, so those are those are things. You know what? You know, Speck. Those are just things. You you got to have you got to have a mindset of how you're going to win, and. It doesn't matter if you win by two or win by eight. You just got to win. And when you want to win by eight, sometimes you don't win by two.
3: Next question, Tim Campbell, NHL.com. Hi, Dave. Could you just talk a bit about uh, your uh, experience with Connor, his ability to rise to occasions, whether it's against maybe a really elite, an elite opponent or after a disappointment or a frustration such
1: as he might have had last night? Yeah, I don't know if he was frustrated last night. He was frustrated he didn't score, frustrated with the loss, and probably frustrated with the way our whole team played. But he had chances last night. I thought he was a pretty good player last night. So tonight he just—you know—he he was at another level again, and he capitalized on those chances. But the ones that uh, the ones that amaze me are the are the ones that he kind of he makes something happen out of nothing, like that that play at the end of the period. We, you know, you're lining up for a quick shot. You don't think you have time for a rebound, but there he is. He's in a rebound and scores a point. Like, that's, that's a play that just, it's great players just find a way to make that play. So he was uh, he was dialed in tonight right from the start. His first shift, I think they were in the zone, in the offensive zone, about 40 seconds. And, you know, it was one of those nights where the puck was falling around and he was capitalizing with it.
3: Thank you, Dave. Next question, Ryan Schog, TSN. Dave, Leon made a couple
7: of uh, passes tonight on his backhand. Uh, The one to Connor when he came up the ice and the other one obviously right in front of the net there. Just his efficiency on the backhand, where does he rank for you in terms of players you've seen through your years and just his skill on that backhand?
1: No, he's he's remarkable on it because he's got such control. He, uh, you know, he one of the guys that he really fancies as a player was Datsuk, who was the same way, you know, really used the backhand well. And um, there's a position that you put yourself in to to do that. You've got to be, your hands have got to be kind of free. But, you know, he's got unbelievable hands and he's got strength with the puck. And those are things that uh, it makes it hard to defend because usually, you're, you know, you try to push him a certain way, but he can still beat you with that backhand. So he's... Uh, He's certainly one of the most talented ones I've ever been around the back end.
7: And I apologize if this was asked. I missed the beginning. I don't know if Maddie got to it or not, but did, was there a, a line on what happened with the goaltending tonight or where, what the word is on Mike Smith?
1: What's no, reportable? Mike, Mike Smith is unfit to play tonight, so we put Skinner on, and uh, we'll see where we're at tomorrow.
3: Last question, Jason Greger, TSN 1260.
2: Uh, Dave, uh, two games, I, I, I know it's a short sample size, but what, what's your thoughts of your play from your fourth line? What more do you need to see from
1: them? Uh, you know, the first game, they were didn't get uh, a ton of time. Ennis got hurt there. so. Uh, but tonight, you know, they're all right. JJ's giving some penalty killing. Chaser gives us uh, some good minutes on the power play. And Shore was first game tonight with Ennis being hurt. So he uh, he was just getting up and going. So we'll see. It's a work in progress.
4: All right. That's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett live on 630 chat. Oilers beat the Canucks 5-2. Obviously a lot of questions about Connor McDavid and some of the Oilers top guns tonight. McDavid with a hat trick. You heard about Mike Smith simply unfit to play. See where they're at tomorrow. Tippett referenced in his availability this morning that a couple players maybe with some bumps and bruises. Tyler Ennis didn't play. He did block a shot last night. And Smith, uh, we suspected something was up this afternoon. They brought in Stuart Skinner off the taxi squad. No Smith at all. Koskinen plays again, gets a 38-save victory. And Rob, you were talking about the, the third line before we went to Tippett there. And and Yessi Pugliarvi is going to be a guy who's watched closely this season. He, I, I mentioned he had seven shots on goal. Maybe his best play was that, backdoor pass attempt Archibald in the second period.
5: Yeah, well, when uh, there's uh, most games during the regular season or during the year, your third line won't have three shots combined, let alone one of the players on it having seven. And I don't recall any of those shots being on the power play. So that's five on five. So that's a good sign that that, uh, they're getting opportunities. They're in the offensive zone. Now, I I think you had one or two that were, were pretty good scoring chances. But I think what... We talked about after last night's game, there's a couple chances where he could have put pucks on net and he tried forcing plays that weren't there. When you're a third-line player, you're a fourth-line player, if you have no play, put it on net. Good things can happen when the puck goes on net, and I think that's something that he needs to learn. So the the third line, and, and as I was saying before, we went down and listened to Dave Tippett, the third line needs to simplify the game. Uh, they they've got a guy in tourists that he understands the game he understands offense he's always been an offensive hockey player he knows how to create plays but he's playing with a couple of guys that uh, one is just trying to find his feet in the national hockey league and archibald on the other side is just he's a he's a third or fourth line player that uh, is playing in the national hockey league because of his work ethic and, and the details that he brings to the game so for them to to be effective They do nice, simple plays to get pucks out of the zone. They don't spend a lot of time in their own zone. And I think that was better tonight. I thought last night they spent too much time in their own zone, and that's when you get into trouble. But tonight they were much better of getting the puck out quickly and then getting in on a forecheck. And what I saw from Billy tonight was the first time that I've seen him play with this kind of, urgency intensity uh, tenaciousness he was a much bigger version of yamamoto tonight where he, he always had his engine on in the offensive zone creating turnovers and, and the one advantage he has over just about everyone on the others team is as as dave tippett talked about his size like he can lean on players and he could absorb hits so i think he's going to learn that he has a little bit more time to make plays because he can absorb a hit and still be looking to make a play. We see Leon Dreis that will do it all the time. Now, I'm not going to compare those two players because there isn't, but it's something that you can learn. Find other players with the same physical stature as you see how they play see how they use their body positioning and then try to work on things like that in practice but i think from last night tonight huge step for for Poliarvi and now he's got to continue to do that and we're going to see that on saturday
4: oilers win 5-2 they score 5 630 ched.com the japanese village goal light is on print up a coupon for a free appetizer at japanese village Now offering takeout, please visit jvedmonton.ca for details. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. We're going to welcome Jamie to the show. Hi, Jamie. Thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead.
3: Hey, guys. uh, What made me call in was just this little play. uh, It was on the power play. I think it was the second period and uh there was this little play and like mcdave was just running everything tonight but on the power play he was in the corner caleb jones had the puck and i don't know if i've ever seen this but he just waved him off the ice he's like he just pointed to the bench and said get off and then hopkins jumped on i don't know if i've ever seen a player do that like in live play but anyways, yeah, and like him and him and Dreisaitl were so dominant tonight, the way Dreisaitl drove the net almost like a basketball player at times where he's just, just fighting to get right in the center of the net, and I just thought it was uh, a great showing from those two.
5: Yeah, the, the star players came to play tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, and you do not want to give them power plays because they'll make you pay. And I, it was funny, the, the play you're talking about, I was giggling. That's right where we sit is staring right at that play. And I, Jones got the puck to McDavid, and Jones all of a sudden started skating to the middle of the ice, almost like he was setting up where Tyson Berry or last year where Oscar Clefbaum went. And McDavid stopped, took his hand off his stick, and yelled at Jones and then pointed to the bench. And Jones, the good young player, very quickly <laughs> skated off the ice. Nugent Hopkins jumped on, and then the others got uh, on with their power play. But, yeah, uh, I the one thing you're going to see and hear more, or we do anyways, because it is a quiet rink. There's nobody in here. You get to hear the players talk. You get to hear the coaches. You get to hear the refs. Now, on that one right there, you could tell exactly what Connor McDavid wanted. He's like, okay, you're not on our first unit, Jones. Why don't you go sit down, and we're going to show you how we do it. And they did.
4: All right, Jamie. I, I got good news for you, buddy. You're our Finish the Play contestant. So first of all, and how about this? Just for playing, you get a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Hungry Herd, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. So you already have the Hungry Herd premium sampler box. I believe it is delivered by a herd of animals. We just don't know what animal it's going to be. Could be walruses. Now, here we got a clue for you here to see if we can put you into the grand prize draw. Kellen? Here's Yamamoto through the middle, over to the right, out to Hopkins, scores! Sounding great in his NHL play-by-play debut, Cam Moon, for finish the play, I want you to answer this question. In what Alberta provincial capital city did Cam Moon grow
3: up? Uh, Edmonton.
4: Absolutely, it's Edmonton. Hang on the line. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. $1,000 gift certificate to Visions. That's a lot of microwave
5: ovens (laughs) to heat up your hungry herd. Well, there's a lot of herd coming over. See, now I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see what's in the hungry herd package. Well, we'll have to check it out. They are Alberta owned and operated. Well, maybe they should stop by my house. I, I, I
4: Well, I, it could be a herd of animals delivers it. Well,
5: that'd be Wolf cannibalistic, it wouldn't to... it, though? Or they'd
4: be giving it away? No, a different... they're giving it away. <laughs> yeah, but they'd be... It's, having... a li- it's a little awkward. But no, that's what I'm saying. So they'd have to be a different it's, it's, it's species. A, yes, so yes. like if, if you got, say, uh, a flock of uh, albatrosses or albatry to deliver the hungry herd sampler and it was all beef what and is, chicken. Those are birds? Yes.
5: Oh, okay. Roadhammer
4: texting in. He says, uh, other than me thinking every once in a while that I was listening to a Red Deer Rebels game, Cam Moon did an outstanding job tonight.
5: Absolutely. I mean, I, we don't get to hear him, or, or yeah, I don't. I listen to him. Oh, see, game. yeah, I don't, they don't he's, give he's me. He's
4: outsta- and I knew he would be. Like, I don't want to sound... He's he's a great guy. I mean, and he's he's done twenty-two seasons of Rebels hockey. This, so this, so this he's is, ready. He's, yeah, this is not uh, you know Sparky McBoogerton <laughs> coming out of uh, you know the bush north of Wildwood to call a game at the age of fifteen. This is a seasoned
5: broadcaster. Spark, Sparky needs a few more few more years before he does it. But uh, yeah, no, good for Cam. It, it, it's someone that has paid his dues and earned the right to be here in, in his hometown and, and and get to call the games of his hometown hockey team and not a bad way to start it too and uh, you get to call the Edmonton Oilers on a big win on a good night and congratulations hopefully this is the first of many wins that Cam Moon gets to call
4: the uh, 50-50 number has been drawn for tonight I just retweeted it $384,000 for the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation presented by Remax.ca every game day there's a 50 50 online. It's not just home games, it's every game day. Whenever the Oilers play, you can buy between 9 a.m. and 10 p.m. Okay, we've got to take a timeout. Tony's up next on the open line. More post game reaction. The Oilers are 1 and 1, beating the Canucks 5 2. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers win 5-2, and some people texting in asking about Jack Michaels. Well, Jack Michaels will do regional television play-by-play on Sportsnet. So he was on TV tonight with Louis DeBrusque. When he is doing that, Cam Moon will do radio. So Cam will do well over half the games this year. When the Oilers are on national television... Jack will uh, come back and join us on 630 Shed in the Oilers Radio Network. So we will have two great voices and great guys calling the play by play this year. So we're excited for that. 780 496 Tony is on the line. Go ahead, Tony.
3: Good to hear from you guys again. Happy talking to you back.
4: Good to, um, good to hear from to,
3: you. Thank you. I'd like to comment on Jesse. From the time that he first started playing with us, what was it, two years ago? to now but one thing i've actually noticed from him before to now is he's that when it comes to the when it, when it comes to puck management he's not making the stupid play he isn't afraid to get along the boards and you know pass the puck along and his shot mentality is amazing like there's four times tonight where he didn't really have a decent shot but he shot it anyway i just want to know like this does being where he was, make a huge difference compared to when he was first with us? Or
5: was it, is it just him aging? I, well, I mean, the jury's still out. I mean, he's had two games. He's had one good game and he's had one subpar game in the two games that he's played this year. Um, I think it's age and maturity. Uh, it, to me, it's the biggest thing. He was The league he was in was not a great league. Uh, they're the best player in that league offensively is a kid from Sherwood Park that no one's ever heard of and no, he, no NHL teams are banging down uh, his door to come play in the national hockey league. So it's not like he's playing in a super league over there and he was dominating. I think if, had he been in the AHL, had he been in Sweden, had he been in the KHL, he still would have come back with a little more maturity and age that would allow him to hopefully fit in a little bit better. I think he, uh, it would have been tough for him when he was over here before. He didn't know the language the the guys that he played with, Sebastian Aho and, and and Patrick Liney, guys that he was the better of them or, or close, uh, they were dominating at this level. So I think there's some frustration in his game and some nervousness. So hopefully he's he's learned. I think the biggest thing for him, he's got all the attributes to be a good hockey player. For him the game sometimes seems to go too fast. He's gotta be able to think the game at a faster level. And I think that's why they've got him playing on a third line simplifying his role and allowing him just to go out and play hockey and I said this with Bob I've said it twice for a successful season for Jesse Pugliarvi is that he comes to the rink every night he's in the lineup and he becomes a regular NHL player that is a successful year for him hopefully he can build off of that but I don't think you want to have too high of expectations right now just let him go out and play and learn how to play the game at this level
4: yeah, I think that's a good point, Rob. And, c- and find a way to contribute every night, even if you're not feeling your best or it's not a wide open game like tonight with mm-hmm. uh, you know 90 or 86 shots yeah. on goal total. And to his credit, he got he got seven of them. But yeah, I mean, you have to contribute. And you mentioned Jar- Josh Archibald the other night. I mean, he's he's not coming out of the lineup unless mm-hmm. he, he'd have to have several bad games yes. in a row because you know. He, f- he finds a way to get involved you know he can he can kill penalties he can fill in on other spots in the lineup and and so you just want pullarV to find a way to contribute and and I, I, I agree tonight was was better mm-hmm. we mentioned the backdoor pass we mentioned all the shots on goal and and again late in a period and, and you and Bob referenced it looking at the clock at the end of the first period seeing it's one on two okay I'm gonna drive and shoot maybe I don't score but I might get a face-off, and it worked out perfectly for the Oilers. Uh, and if people missed that play, it was two and a half seconds left, face-off to the left of Demko in the first period. dry settle wins it back to Yamamoto, who fires on net. McDavid's driving the net and flips in the rebound with with point eight to go. I mean, just ex- <laughs> perfectly how you draw it up, it rarely happens that way. But it started with Pugliarvi, you know, a small you might think oh a nothing play but getting the face off making an aggressive play to shoot and get the face off
5: little details like that win you hockey games and i think that's what he has to learn and uh, he's coming back here with a little more confidence more confidence in himself but humbler I don't think. I think that's the biggest thing right now. He's humbled by what happened before. Hopefully, he can turn his career around here in Edmonton.
4: All right, news and weather. Here we have John coming up on the phone lines. You'll hear from McDavid who nets a hat trick. Oilers take it five two. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Here's Seidel. Dish it back to McDavid with speed down the right wing into the Canucks zone. Scores. Well, that's one way to score on the power play. Let McDavid rush it in. Take a rich shot and score. That made it 3-1 in the second period. Oilers win 5-2 over the Canucks. McDavid with a hat trick. Nugent Hopkins had the other two goals. So both these teams are 1-1. Checking the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to Edmonton Trailer. Com. Sharks beat the Coyotes 4-3 in a shootout late in the third, about two and a half to go. Vegas up 4-2 on Anaheim. Four minutes left in L.A. The Wild and the Kings are tied 3-3. Capitals knock off the Sabres 6-4. Taylor Hall scores for Buffalo. Bruins beat the Devils 3-2 in a shootout. Islanders shut out the Rangers 4-0. Varlamov with the clean sheet. Hurricanes shut out the Red Wings 3 nothing. morazik with the shutter. I want to double-check the shots in that one in a second, Rob, because I think at one point they were 42-12. Do you have it? No, let, I'll let look, it, let look let while it you're know. talking, yeah. Predators over the Blue Jackets, 3-1. The Jets beat the Flames 4-3 in overtime. Line a, the winner, he had two tonight.
5: And yeah. that was it. And the shots in the Carolina game were 43-14 to in favor of of the carolina hurricanes all right the oilers back
4: at it saturday they're going to be playing the montreal Canadiens. 780-496-0063 we have john on the line hey john thanks for calling yeah hey um um, I want
0: to say, first of all, I don't like the Oilers uniforms. That's the first thing I want to <laughs> say. Um, but uh, um, Rob's right. We've got to be, like with Paul Yarby, uh, it's kind of like when we got Eric Brewer from the Islanders. Like The Islanders screwed it up. I think Milbury was there then. They brought him in. He was the rush to man. He wasn't ready. And he was up and down, up and down. They screwed it all up. And then we got Eric, and we were patient with him, and he turned into a player. So I think Rob's right. We've got to take that sort of approach with um, Paul um, Other thing I want to say is we're not going to win. Everybody knows this. We're not going to win in the playoffs with miko or with mike um, lesson learned last year um so we need uh, basically we need a number one goalie which are hard to get but i was thinking today um i don't know what it would cost to get elvis lincoln's out of columbus and probably i'm guessing the king's ransom because Yar- uh, yarmo is no dummy but um he was great uh in the playoffs against toronto last year and there isn't that many number one goalies around so like i kind of was on the internet Looking, and I was thinking, oh, well, this guy no, can't get that guy. So, like, Columbus basically have two number ones, uh, Jonas and Elvis. Uh, so, I don't know what it would get to get him, but that's who Kenny should look at. Um, yeah,
4: I think that's an interesting point. I, I don't, I don't know what it would would take to get necessarily, but I think if the Oilers are, you know, I referenced this on my show the other night, John. If it's like a an o five o six situation where you feel like okay, they're pretty good and the goaltending obviously needs an upgrade, I could see Holland going out and, uh, and doing something for sure. I think that's an interesting point. I, don't, I, I think he is weeks. I mean, the trade deadline is not till April, so he's, I think he's going to give it as long as possible as long as they're you know, not falling out of the race because of the goaltending. John, what uniform do you like best for the Oilers?
0: Um, the one when uh, the one the, when uh, well the one that we had when uh, we beat Dallas in seven when Kujo made that save off Newandike and Marchant won it in overtime for us.
4: Yeah, um, so that they're kind one, of that's the next the like. generation after the Gretzky era ones. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one I like. But I don't mind these. I I didn't know what I would think before I saw them on the ice. Rob and I talked about this last year. We, and Rob and I both like these because the numbers are so easy to see and usually we're twice as high up from the ice as we are now
0: <laughs> yeah um, um is there any way that um is there any way a chance that oscar can come back and play this year or is he just like absolutely done like dinner he's for not, the whole he's year not
4: coming back this year oh really uh-huh. i mean he could okay. because ltir doesn't mean you're on for the whole season but they, they've said he's not playing this year so i uh, think it would take a massive change that's a heart. huge loss yeah well uh, yeah,
0: okay
4: thanks thanks a lot john we appreciate it Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Uh, Rav says, hey, guys, from what I noticed, the Oilers need to do a better job of not allowing shots from the point. Well, Well, a couple got through tonight. It's true. That's that's
5: one of the things that we saw last year in the play-in series against the Chicago Blackhawks. That was something they did time and time again. They got the puck back to the point, and they – just kept throwing time and time and time again it was almost like it was their game plan so yeah no that is certainly something that the others need to work on and but i thought tonight there was a little more urgency uh, you and i talked about the fact that uh, a number of players putting their body on the line with big block shots tonight and uh, if you want to win in the national hockey league you got to be a team that's willing to block shots and i thought the others did a good job of that tonight
4: the Oilers tonight were credited with 29 blocked shots Mm -hmm. vancouver credited with 10 yeah but 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 fair point from that that texture the both well both canucks goals were point shots that
5: either got through or got redirected yeah you go on if you go to last night i mean the oilers scored two goals from point shots as well both nurse and larson score from the back end shots are going to get through you just got to make it as hard as possible for it to happen. Uh, I know that when you're a defenseman, you're told, make sure that puck doesn't get hit blocked at, at the blue line. Make sure you get that puck through. The Vancouver Canucks have some mobile defensemen. Hughes being the best with the ability to move side to side and get the puck through. But tonight, I thought there was just much more desperation in the Oilers game, and it showed with the number of shot blocks that they had. That is an extraordinary number amount. I mean, that's three times as many as the Vancouver Canucks had.
4: Yeah, well, it was just a more dedicated performance from the Oilers, more more detailed. And I, I've always found, and I know you know, we when the Oilers lose, if people are frustrated, and, and I get it, and some some nights we get a lot of calls about effort, effort, effort. For my, and you played in the league, obviously, my experience being around athletes, pro and amateur, in a lot of different sports, nobody goes to the rink saying, ah, I'm going to hope I can get away with 70, 70% tonight. I, I think they always the the large, large majority of athletes try to put forward as much mm-hmm. as they have in the tank every night. But I do think their concentration can yep. lapse and attention to detail can lapse. I mean, maybe that's part of effort, but to me, it's a slightly different category. And I, and I thought tonight, last night, it was... Concentration by the Oilers. Like, you know what you're supposed to do, but for some reason it's not in your mind. It was better overall tonight.
5: Well, I played with a guy named Doug Crossman, and he used to say, don't play hard, play smart. And I think right. that sometimes you see a team, uh, really, when last night when Larson leaves the middle of the ice and goes and runs Cassian's guy and turns a two-on-two into a breakaway, wasn't, he wasn't not working hard. I mean, he had to come across the ice to throw the big hit, and he's trying to be physical on it. He wasn't working smart on that one. So I would say 90% of the games that you see at any given night – Everybody is working hard. It, it's sometimes they they make mental mistakes, and when a mistake is made because the puck bounces or, or or you 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 go in to be a little too more too physical and you bounce off. Those mistakes coaches understand and they accept because mistakes are made constantly in hockey games. Or every I can't remember was it Sekar I used to said if there was no mistakes every game would be zero zero. So there's always going to be mistakes. But coaches get mad at it, the mental mistakes when you miss an assignment, when you cheat on a play, when you go where you know. You're not supposed to go, but you go anyways. That's what drives coaches crazy. I thought the Oilers were much better tonight not making those big mental mistakes. The the, the or excuse me, the Vancouver Canucks didn't have those glorious scoring chances that were gifted to them like they were last night. So the Oilers took that part out of their game today.
4: Yeah, and that's the adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit slash hockey I, I don't necessarily want to turn the show tonight into fashion commentary but uh lanny says watching on tv the numbers are very difficult to distinguish yeah and that's for us in in person these numbers are really i mean jack always calls the blue with highlighter orange <laughs> <laughs> so you know we we can't see them i i, I wasn't sure when the oilers went to orange but I liked them, though I liked the orange version that they had um, the first couple of years they wore them as opposed to the ones they made their full-time home uniforms for the last couple of years. They are slightly different. Uh, I'm actually not even sure how often they're wearing these this year, but they did wear them for, for each of the
5: first two games. Yeah. There's no
4: white on them, which is something that's unique. It's just the but that, that the is that's
5: the, That's why it just looks weird, like odd different because there isn't it's just two colors normally there's always that white that kind of makes everything stand out a little bit uh, I, I can tell you this, that if the, the Oilers become a division-winning team that goes far in the playoffs with these jerseys, they will be everybody's favorite jerseys. If the Oilers have an off season and are out at before the season ends and don't make the playoffs, then these are the worst jerseys ever. So it's like our show. The show it's a good show when the Oilers win. When the Oilers lose, we did a terrible show. That's the way the jerseys are going to be viewed.
4: All right, 5-2, the Oilers take it. Hat trick by Connor McDavid. Here he is. I guess it's easy to,
7: you know, say, well, I didn't have any points his first game, so he was really mad and had a whole bunch of points the second game. He played pretty well last night and just didn't get rewarded. Uh, I guess what's the difference? Why all the rewards tonight?
8: Sometimes, uh, sometimes it just goes that way. Um, you know, I uh, obviously not our best effort last night. Uh, I thought our group was uh, was really solid tonight. We came out with a lot of energy. Um, seemed like we had a little, just a little more juice than, than they did. Um, you know, but that happens in a back-to-back. Some, sometimes the team just doesn't have it. But, uh, you know, I thought uh, I thought we did a good job as a group. Uh, power play was good. PK was good. Five-on-five, uh, five, I thought we did a pretty good job as well.
7: Tell me about the third period. Your team seemed far more concerned with keeping them at two than extending your lead.
8: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's that's the position we want to be in all season long. Um, you know, up in the third period and being able to hold those leads. Um... Yeah, I thought uh, that we did a good job, um, you know, they had a couple looks, they, hem- they hemmed us in a little bit, um, you know, but I liked uh, I liked the way that uh, we were able to find a fifth and and, uh, and finish the game off.
3: Next question, Ryan Schog TSN.
7: Connor, um, after you scored that goal where you, you came through the neutral zone full speed and scored, that, that's the kind of goal that would kind of take the top off this building under normal circumstances, and, and you're celebrating the goal, but it was was it odd to score a goal like that to, and have that moment where you'd normally feel that
8: from the fans and, and it just kind of wasn't there? Yeah, we obviously miss the fans a lot. Um, you know, we know that uh, that they would have been uh, been jumping last night and, and jumping again tonight, so, um, you know, we miss them a ton. Uh, we know they're watching. Um, you know, we, we definitely miss their energy, like I said, and... Um, is it weird to, to celebrate? You know, when there's no fans in the building. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think it's still a big goal. Um, you know, it's the NHL, it's the best league in the world, and um, you know, it's a, a big hockey game for us. So, um, you know, that, that same feeling is still there.
7: Can you just talk about the two passes that Drysdale made to you on the backhand? The one where he sort of saucer passed it back to you. When you took it and went full speed
8: up ice, and then the other spin around, but just just the skill degree that he has on that backhand, uh, yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, you know, no one in the league can can make some of those passes. So um, he's been doing it for a long time, and um, you know, two good ones tonight. Um, it's pretty funny. I think Tice thought that puck was going to him, but um, you know, <laughs> I've seen that before. It was uh, it was not going to him. So um, you know, and then obviously the second one where. You know he's he's not even looking. He just spins and, and knows that I'm there. And um, you know, no, not many guys in the world can make that pass.
4: McDavid three goals and an assist. Drysaitl four assists. Koskinen 38 saves. Oilers beat Vancouver 5-2. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to chime in, we're live inside Rogers Place. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Well, Miko Koskinen. Pretty good start for him tonight. I mean, we mentioned tons of shots in this game. 46-40 for the Oilers. And I think Demko made some pretty good saves for Vancouver. But Koskinen, who we didn't expect to start tonight. We talked about something up with Mike Smith. Tippett said maybe a further update tomorrow. Koskinen did not start games on back-to-back days last season. On one occasion, he made appearances on back-to-back games. He won a game on a Friday night here against... St. Louis, and then the next night, Mike Smith got into a fight or something in Calgary and got thrown out. So Coskin played the the third period, but 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 uh, he was solid. I thought especially good work with his uh, pads tonight. We saw in replays he made a couple of nice adjustments on tips, and uh, he was solid in there for
5: Edmonton. Well, Holtby was the better goalie last night, and Koskinen was the much better goalie tonight. And usually, when your goalie's the better goalie, you win hockey games. It, it would be a tough situation coming in on the second of back-to-back, but it's one of those ones, too, where I'm sure even though there was no goals that I saw last night of the five that you think, okay, maybe he should have had that, you're still disappointed. You let your goalie, you let five, and you want to get back in the net right away. So for him, the situation, whatever it was that caused him to get the start, it worked out in his favor. So quickly he's back in the net and he gets to make amends for the start that he had last night. It'll be interesting going forward whether Smith, if this is a a day thing, a day-to-day, a week-to-week, or whatever it is because we have no idea, but now all of a sudden playing three and four, and that's what it would be if he plays Saturday against uh, the Montreal Canadiens. That's where we've seen in the past that when he gets overworked is, is when maybe he's not at his best. But I think that tonight was a, a good step forward after the opening night. And there was a time in a game where Connor McDavid has the hat trick and Drysdale has four points and Nugent Hopkins you know, was, was very, very good tonight. There was a couple moments in this game where the Canucks pressed and a couple big saves by Koskinen kept the game with the Oilers in the ahead by a goal. Those get overlooked because you see the greatness in your superstars but there were, I think it was two or three, I know it was one on Horvat on the side of the net where you're like, oh, he's got it. horvet has got a wide open back door and Koskinen got across. So some big saves tonight were what set this game apart. The Oilers got better goaltending than the Canucks and because of that got two points. And... Durst took a penalty at 11.36 of the second period. Now,
4: part of that was negated when Hughes went off for going after Nuge. McDavid took a penalty at 16.32, and then Yamamoto took a penalty at over four, 19.04. So three penalties in relatively quick succession. I know Pedersen hit the crossbar with that one shot, but Koskinen made some good saves, and, and the Oilers' penalty kill did a pretty good job. And again, and, and look, I know to be successful on a power play, you have to make a cross-ice pass, and you have to go across the box but, but again, Vancouver had two or three of those intercepted tonight because I I, did, I didn't feel like they adjusted, that the
5: Oilers realized, okay, they keep using this lane. We'll just put a guy there. Well, when you see a team go back and forth as many times as the Canucks were doing, it's because the Oilers were doing also a very good job of getting in shooting lanes. The, the Canucks have two world-class shooters, uh, both Pedersen and, and Besser, I, I don't know if I've seen guys that can get the puck off as quick as they did. The one that Pedersen hit the crossbar on, I mean, it's it, it's a wrist shot. Like, when I had to shoot that hard, I had to put everything I had into it in, in a slap shot. The, 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 just a flick of the wrist. And that thing beat Koskinen. And Koskinen, I don't think, saw it until it was past him. But what the Oilers did tonight is they put guys in those shooting lanes. So it, the puck, Hughes would go down to Pedersen, guy in a shooting lane. So he'd have to go across box to Besser. Guy in a shooting lane, to try and go back and forth, and they got it through one or two times. But the puck, the lane wasn't there. They couldn't get the shot on net, and they tried to force that extra puck to go through the the, the middle of the slot, and that's where the Oilers were knocking them down, deflecting them, and getting the puck out. So the Oilers adjusted uh, after last night's game, and their penalty kill, and their penalty kill again was excellent tonight. So especially uh, night especially teams' night that the Oilers win is usually a two-point night for the Oilers, and it was again tonight
4: yeah, we'll see what else might happen with the lineup uh we don't know much about tyler ennis we, th- we think it's related to a shot block from last night's game uh the, the fourth line for edmonton had a tough game no they didn't play a ton and there were some players you didn't see a lot of because of all the special teams action a total of nine power plays in the game I mean Dominic Cajun who had a good game yesterday only played 11 and a half minutes I think he would have played more if uh, if more of that game was five on five but but for that that fourth line regardless of who's on it it bit them last night. It bit them tonight when you when you gotta win those blue line battles and you gotta get the puck out maybe, maybe you're gonna have a night where you don't score but you can't get him then and you can't turn it over inside your own line okay.
5: In all honesty, if your fourth line goes the season with no goals, yet they're an even group, the coaching staff will be happy. And you, you as a a fourth line, you got simple roles. Puck comes around the the boards in your own zone. That means you get that puck over the blue line. You don't have to make the perfect cross ice pass. You don't have to hit the winger on the far side. Your only job is to get it across the blue line. So now that team has to regroup. When you're when you get to the red line, you get the puck in deep. You don't turn the puck over. You don't give the other team a chance to come back uh, on a shortened ice you got to be physical, and I think that's one thing that the Oilers need more out of their fourth line is physicality. You've got to punish the other team. When you're playing teams back-to-back nights, in the first period of the first game, that can set the tone for the next five periods. That's what the fourth line needs to do more of. Get
4: more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. McDavid, a hat trick. The Oilers win at 5-2. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Sean Alford, our engineers here at Rogers Place, Kellen Kennedy and Angie Quinnell operating back at the 630Ched Broadcasting Compound. Our next broadcast, 3.30 faceoff show on Saturday, game at 5, Oilers and Canadians. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Have a good
1: night. 6:30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at
4: 6 on 6:30 Chad.